0: Hello, I'm Bogey, I'm Brian, I'm Q, and we're meaningful, an agency that helps brands find a meaningful place in the world. Today, we're talking with Bruce Brady, one of the founders of CerberDome, a next generation
1: data center that uses thermal efficiency instead of AC.
0: Let's do this!
1: All right, all right, then, that looks like we got it. It's easy. Okay. It's, it's
0: the only easy thing today.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. That, that's not today's good news.
0: <laughs> no, technology is, is always dazzling when it works.
1: Yeah, it's always a good day when technology works. Yeah.
0: yeah, no kidding. All right. Well, first off, thank you. Thank you, Bruce, for joining us. So we know who you are. But uh the millions of people listening probably don't. So you are with a company called Server Dome. Correct? Uh we uh the
1: company's name is Datadome Inc. We market under the name Server Domes. Mm-hmm. And uh we have been in business now for about three years. We're a next generation environmentally friendly data center business. Cool.
0: So you 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 put uh data center or uh environmentally friendly at the, at the, as the descriptor Mm -hmm. is that, is that the big top, top order value proposition that, uh, you see?
1: Uh, Well, it's certainly one of them. Uh, when you look at data centers, really what it is, is it's a place where computers live and compute takes place. Mm -hmm. So in its essence, it's basically a house where computers live. Uh, historically, that's been in like a warehouse, office building type of a structure. And what is required because computers generate so much heat while they're doing compute is it requires a lot to keep those computers from getting too hot and melting down. Okay, so then reliability suffers, oh. uh, you know, things of that nature. What what server dome does is it goes about the entire process of getting that compute cooling uh done in a very um, simplified way so it cuts out a whole bunch of the extra stuff that sucks a lot of extra power and a lot of extra water and causes the overall uh, uh job to be much more uh In our case, it's much simpler than the complexity of where the traditional data center industry has uh, gone in order to get the same job done. The inventor of the data center basically started with a blank uh, slate and said, how could I do this even without any mechanical systems? Um, That proved to be impossible, which was an impossible goal. But really, we have one major mechanical system, which are um, our sophisticated fan walls that um, bring free air in from outside. And then the shape of the dome allows that that air to go pass through the servers. The server fans help with that drawing of cold air Mm -hmm. through the servers the hot air then based on a concept called thermal buoyancy uh, then rises to the top of the dome so you're drawing the hot air off out of the machines up into the top of the dome that air can either be uh, recycled in the winter time it can be used for other purposes like heating a greenhouse or an office building the surplus air Uh, and the uh, Mm -hmm. the amount of um mechanical systems is stripped down to you know the unbelievable simple so that's why we say in light of our our concept of getting the job done versus traditional we believe that in the long run
0: simplicity will win so it seems to, to us like you you really have to get somebody who's at that tipping point in their own uh situation right where they've because uh, you're, you're really this is nothing short of a paradigm shift right or is this something where you could gradually step over to uh, a server dome to a geodesic system uh thermal buoyancy airflow system from a conventional data center could it be a mix or do you do you have to make that you know commitment with both feet
1: well that's a that's a good question I think the biggest, and you said it, paradigm shift is really what it is. In an industry that has done very well, the data center industry has been a very profitable industry with a very high uh, demand growth curve. Uh, They estimate that 90% of the data that exists in the world has been created in the last two years. So you see that there's like a, exponential data usage uh that is going on both domestically and now worldwide as as the um the world moves into the digital age right so if i'm very comfortable there's not a good reason for me to adopt something that i'm gonna have to learn Mm -hmm. right all Right. right so new tech adoption and especially in a very conservative industry because there's a big price to pay when a data center goes down, right? So time right. off, uh, what's called downtime, can cost thousands of dollars per minute. While that comes back up, in our case, when we first started Data Dome Inc. and started marketing under Server Dome, uh, our tech was very new and it was viewed as being very heretical. You can't do that right. now. Over the last few years, what we've been able to, uh, to uh, accomplish is the validation of that we can do it and how well it works. And ultimately, the data, you know, in its raw form and unmanipulated data right. proves that there's been zero downtime, that there's been incredible uh, power utilization and water utilization. And, uh, and our maintenance costs have been negligible. Now, all of that has been going on with a landscape of a huge upheaval in the industry of people, uh, going away from owning their own data centers mm. and moving to the cloud or what's called cloud migration.
0: Right. Right.
1: All right. So there's been this movement to the cloud. And typically, as humans do, we kind of go with the herd, and the herd has yep. been going to the cloud for the last uh, few years. Right. Well, now there's, there's new issues and new opportunities, uh, new challenges for the industry, and uh, part of that is what's called edge computing. Right. Edge, edge computing is the need for data closer to where it's, it's needed, right. All right. so that there's not lag mm-hmm. time or what's mm-hmm. called latency. So our solution can work very nicely with traditional solutions. So, for instance, if you have what's called a hyperscale facility, and again, we're going through a lot of ter- laying groundwork and a lot of terms. This yep. is where you have these massive facilities that are, you know, uh, you know, in megawatts, about anywhere from sixty to a hundred megawatts. Yeah. Um, they have, you know, you know, basically a block worth of computing going on and those are not going away. Hyperscale are not going to go away and big players like Amazon Web Services, AWS sure. or Google or Verizon or some of these big players, Microsoft name brands that you've heard of Oracle they, uh, they all have hyperscale facilities, but what they don't all have and the industry doesn't have is a really good edge solution that is, um, as efficient as a hyperscale facility because hyperscale facilities can have a lot of systems their maintenance costs are going to be much more but they have a lot more compute to average over so they end up being fairly efficient and also some of the hyperscalers have been very smart and have located their facilities next to um, or in places where there's environmental opportunities that are low cost to yeah. be able to um, keep them cool for instance yeah, next like, to like the Columbia Ample, River right. yeah uh, or up in a snowbank in um, you know Switzerland or wherever right. um, so you know there's been a lot of people trying to solve this problem.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: What we have is we have a proven now five-year track record with ServerDome. We're starting to gain attention in the industry because of the edge computing need what's called distributed compute to where you don't have all of your compute centralized but you have some centralized and hyperscale facilities and then you have other uh, compute facilities towards the edge where server dome really fits nicely into this in the united states system anyway is yeah. towards the edge because we're we're a four or five megawatt data center anywhere from two to five depending on what the um, the uh, compute demands are. So we fit nicely into this distributed model, and now we're we're working to gain traction in as a visibility as an alternative to just putting a small warehouse facility or an office-based facility and kind of repeating what has been being done for the last, you know, number of
0: decades. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's really finding your place in a uh, a, uh, a progressive or a hybrid system as opposed to um, it's all or nothing, an alternative. Mm-hmm. So really finding where you <clears throat> fit into right. uh, a dynamic system that is having to invent, keep reinventing itself in a, in an enterprise that uh, like who makes that decision? I'm sure it's a joint decision, right? It's financial, it's operational, it's it's it could even be CEO. Like who, who, I mean it, right. It has to be, there has to be agreement across Mm, multiple people in the c-suite but who who's really going to drive it is is uh would, would a what would an it would a cio or a cto put their neck on the line
1: uh, well that's that's a that's a really good question and we have been working on answering that question for some time because every organization goes about it differently mm-hmm. now all of the players are going to be involved historically the chief technology officer it is the person that makes that decision and they go to the CFO and say, we need X number of dollars for compute. When, when that initial sale in the last few years has been going on or, or transaction between this chief technology officer and, and um, a chief financial officer, the conversation was we're going to be able to save a lot of money by moving to the cloud and we will not have to have staffing to take care of our data center. All of these unexpected maintenance costs where you know, some big item goes out and we need to retool the data center for millions of dollars, upgrades, so forth. And so the right. CFO was very happy to let sure. the CFO or she's a CTO um, right. move to the cloud. Yeah. What, In some cases, or uh, depending on who you talk to, many cases began to happen. Initially, that was like a dream come true. And then there was some unexpected costs associated with the cloud that the CFO would, when he was paying the bills, was going back to the CTO to say, what gives with this? What's (laughs) this extra hundreds of thousands of dollars that I didn't budget for, we didn't budget for? And so there's been there's been surprises because it's not the cloud's fault it's how organizations anticipate their compute and this is a moving target because again we're all moving to a new place uh the amount of data in the last two months has spiked in a way that no one would have imagined prior to Mm -hmm. a pandemic uh you know descending upon the world so Uh This is a moving target, and there's no one that is um, bad. Everybody's just trying to figure it out. We don't really care as far as our solution, what's inside of it. It's very flexible, meaning that company X can have a whole type of compute and compute density, rack density as it's known, uh, and company Y can have something different or it can have a combination thereof. Our system really works. It's very flexible to be able to have new equipment, old equipment, uh, some, you know, all the same equipment, diverse equipment, it doesn't matter because our system is designed to carry off the heat and the rest of it is really like agnostic, uh, computer agnostic, carrier agnostic, We don't really care. We're just a very versatile tool in this big. A global problem now our units our, our data centers can work you know offshore we're working on projects right now in India which is is at a different stage in its uh, development uh, they are creating IT parks but what they know is they cannot have data center inefficiencies in in second uh, world countries because their power grid is not that stable so what they're doing is they're building parks that have enough solar to be able to basically do all the compute without the power grid, and still get the job done. So we're working on a large project right now. Uh, it's it's forming it up in uh, in India, which is a very exciting market for us, uh, both on a geopolitical and also on a data level.
0: Yeah. Well. Wow. So so uh, it sounds like where, you know, you might have thought that you'd be building a server dome uh, as as wholly owned property of a, of a company. Um, it sounds like there's potential to have server dome be built and be available for companies to use as part of their computing network.
1: Yeah, well, it, it's, the, the customer is going to dictate how they're going to do it and all customers especially the large ones are, are are mapping this out now trying to figure out how they're going to accomplish this and how they're going to cooperate yeah. and coordinate with other large customers we can go down to what's called the enterprise level so if i'm a large uh, data center um like a data user for instance if mm-hmm. i run a hospital uh, and i want to have my hospital um with a very uh, solid high-performance, mission-critical type of compute, well, this is perfect. The first data center, server dome has been running a mission-critical hospital and big data for years. Uh, So this is a really good thing. Municipalities, if they want to take and and own their data in a center and then interface with cloud, this is another application, smart city application, and there's many different types of uh, smart applications, like smart farming in Africa, uh, looking at how to best use resources and still uh, produce crops and that's soil sensors all sorts of different data type of of compute necessary to bring about uh, more efficient farming. Uh, more efficient uh, waste disposal, more efficient cities, which are being built from scratch uh, that all that have all of the sensors and the different ways to have a more a, a greener city, if you would, a smart city. So these are all applications. We're very flexible, so we can we can fit into those applications based on demand. If they need more than four megawatts, we can add an additional dome, and then you know build out campuses of domes. Uh, in some cases, it may make more sense for. Um, for a hyperscale facility and then us on the edge so we're very flexible it has a lot to do with what we talked about earlier the paradigm of what these companies have done what's been successful to them and then if uh you know those companies we've been working to develop the companies that are more forward thinking on this and realize that the future uh, will, will demand a different solution and we have. A very unique solution with the server dome
0: so so i imagine being you and and um i have a dream that uh i i i i'm holding an issue of wired magazine and the cover story is about everything you've been talking about about the data the order of magnitude the 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 growth and the the expected like sheer cliff wall of growth that's mm-hmm. that's looming in front of us and and how are we going to do this and how are we going to do it without ruining the planet mm-hmm. and that everybody expects and you know the to to be able to get rich content and latency can be an issue with mission critical data and so you know like I mean just things you don't think about but the minute you say it. The, you know, the, 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 the penny drops, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, how do you get into a featured article about this in Wired Magazine? How do you, how do you get somebody at Wired Magazine to jump on this and go, yeah, that would be a great feature story? Like, how do you, cause I mean, there's so many, there's so many uh channels from listening to you talk there's so many people so many channels so many uh nuances or variations in need that um i mean you'd 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 burn through your wallet so fast and hardly make a dent and so it just seems like it seems like you really need to like you know make make some noise make I mean, well, one right is is just the look mm-hmm, visually. You look at yeah. Server Dome and you go, <laughs> "The what?" I mean, <laughs> you know, and and that's that's <laughs> that's hugely helpful, right? Because really? it immediately it immediately says, you know, you you can't shuffle this into your existing deck. This is a different this is a different thing, right? right? And so it seems like the first order of business is really at a very high level getting somebody's attention that this is a different animal. And, and it's, it's a different animal that is perfectly positioned for an emerging need, Mm -hmm. right? A a need that even we didn't see coming. Like I, I love the calls are dropping and there's different behavior now because of the pandemic. And, and so it just proves right. that The only constant is change. And so, um, it's it's very rich. I mean, it's it's a mainstream story, even though it it can go super deep down in the weeds into you know megawatts and, right. and a lot of the things you talked about. I mean, and I know you're you're keeping it simple for for us <laughs> simpletons, <laughs> but I mean <laughs> that to me, you know, Bogey chime in, but it seems like that would be. A fantastic vehicle for serverdome to to be present in a in a quasi mainstream story um, that would just get a lot of broad exposure into mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what's going on, what the need is. I think a lot of people, when you're on the ground and there's incremental change, you really can't make sense of it until you get up to thirty thousand feet, and uh, and somebody is gonna somebody is gonna do that somebody who's not in the trade press is going to do that. And it's going to get a lot of attention. The, the context, uh, which is always kind of something that, that, that we try to really use to frame up, like, where are you going to get your resonance, where, where, you know, where, where do you, you, Mm -hmm. the vibration of your, your brand positioning, your messaging, you know, your why. Is really a contextual thing um, like what is happening in not just the industry or the category but in society at large like on an anthropological level and you 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 pointed to you've mentioned some of those things about consumption use and and uh, you know we we, we we can we can be pretty sure there's going to be a, a societal shift in the wake of this pandemic and how people uh, work Um, we're going to see some possibilities, uh, become more common, you know, um, some alternative ways of working are going to become more mainstream. Um, so, so there's an anthropological context and then there's a human context, you know, and, and, and I think this is a great narrative because you're, you're really talking about, um, the planet the health of the planet that's going to be impacted as 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 data like skyrockets and uh you know like like you were saying all the all the um order of magnitude increase in compute that's going to happen and everybody will be able to relate to it because we're all using data and we're all wanting content and we're all wanting we're all wanting to have a podcast without our guests dropping yeah, off right. multiple times. Yeah, well, um, well it's, inter- it's interesting. <laughs> I don't believe that society
1: yet realizes the um, the dark side no. of of compute that it is so resource intensive. Mm-hmm. That that mm-hmm. is something that um, as awareness begins to happen. Uh, We imagine that uh, there'll be a lot more pressure on the comfortable in the industry to begin to find solutions that are uh, better for the planet. Uh, Typically, green costs more, and that has always been one of the Retardance of embracing a green technology is that's great, but you know, it's not in the budget. Uh, in our case, green costs less uh, on a build cost level. We're right in line with what, the, uh, what industry build costs are actually on the low, low end. And on the operations side, we, um, we are clearly way ahead of most uh, data center uh, technologies. So in, in our case, green costs less, and so that's a that's a um, unusual uh, thing, but really one that, that, as time goes on, in a lot of industries, one would hope that that would become not an exception, but a but a norm that you can you can do what's environmentally right and still. Um, you know have profit in it for uh you know for all involved so that's you know that's one of the one of the metrics that's very important and uh and one that we uh, have an opportunity to exploit on a you know a marketing level
0: Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm listening to you talking and imagining my mind's running and, and as a brand, I'm, I'm, I'm imagining like a a persona brand as a, I mean, there's a lot of ways you could go, but, but as I, as I think about earned media and, and getting um, this story in a, in a way that is compelling and entertaining to a broader set of ears that would include decision makers like CEOs and stuff. The the brand really needs to be a clarion or a a harbinger to kind of say, this is coming. And our solution is positioned for what's coming. Right. And, and uh, it's just a, it's actually a, a broadly interesting story that allows you to tell your story within it. But, but the narrative is, is gripping. When, when you put it into, um, you know, just, just what, what's happening with, with data, the use of data, the way technology has enabled people's behavior to change in terms of, you know, how we communicate, how we consume, um, how we, how we do commerce. It's, uh, it's, it's really interesting. Um, cause even the last thing you said that the, the minute you say the word green, that's that comes with a high price tag and it's, and it's an elective, Mm -hmm. but when you really consider the narrative in its fullest form um, and then you put server dome into it, green becomes, it becomes a preference. It becomes smart. Right. (laughs) It becomes necessary. Um, It, it really is. It really is one of those things um, where um, you're waiting for the world to catch up um it's very interesting and so in a way a narrative can pull people forward there there just is to me there's just such a balance of push mm-hmm. and pull in terms of a, a a marketing strategy you you need to push the information to a certain set of ears but you really have to be very you really got to identify the 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 places to really pull this message forward where the people you're pushing it doesn't it doesn't bounce mm-hmm. off it sticks. It sticks because there's a groundswell, and and or there's or there's a a, a a note, an email, or a text from the CEO saying, "Hey, what's the deal with this? Fill me in. Do you know anything right. about this? I mean, <laughs> we've all been there, right? That little note, man. All of a sudden, yeah,
1: everything changes as a result of that. Uh, it it's
0: it's 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 a, uh, it's, a <laughs> it's a it's a boulder in the quarterly mm-hmm. initiative. Um, it's not, it's not a stone or a pebble. Um, so I I think it's that kind of a thing because it's really being, uh, really being focused and strategic. Not, not that you're not, but I'm just saying it really is, um, there, there is going to be a breakout moment, right? Like you're talking about India and the two domestic opportunities, um, the thought leadership, you're really looking for that. In all of that, you're looking for that moment that really becomes like the what, like everybody, and it starts. It starts. It has social currency. It starts to snowball. Um, a lot of what, a lot of what you talked about too. If you break these things down, it it's it's an amazing cadence of uh, of tweets of content, um, and it's very it's very mm-hmm. uh, it's very challenger brand kind of mm-hmm. stuff. Um, which is cool. Um, yeah, well, gee, this is exciting. <laughs> we, we exciting. think so. You know, we believe
1: that simplicity will win and that as we, hmm. as we continue to, um, you know, market with, um, you know, with the value proposition of server dome, as well as, uh, you know, help people to realize, um, you know, the the nature of, you know, how how big the opportunity is, and that we think that we'll have a a really good shot at uh, changing history in the
0: in the industry. That's good. That's a big that's a big hairy goal and we like that. Right? We like to, We like to be involved in something bigger yeah, than us. Exactly. So yeah, that's cool.
1: All right, gentlemen, well thank you for all the right. opportunity. I appreciate your thoughts and yeah, if you can get well, us into Wired okay. magazine, we're we're like uh,
0: we're all about that. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to learn more or be a guest on our show, please reach out. Podcast at BeMeaningful.com.